I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What is up? Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. This is episode 381, I believe. Um, I want to take a second before we get going and say thank you to everyone that is Give us feedback over the last pile of episodes that we've done, uh, shared our stuff, supported us in any way. We appreciate the living fuck out of you. We definitely do. And uh, we have a group. This is just something else. I just built the buildup of the community where I've been, we've been getting a lot of feedback. We have a group on Facebook called Working Class Bowhunters. Um, if you go to our Facebook page, page, Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, you'll see that page link there. Join in. We share everything there. Sometimes we post like special promo codes for just the group. Right now, the running post until the end of the week. Uh, so it aired this. It'll be about to the a week from when this aired. Code Heath, H E A T H. Um, these are not flat bills. They're Richardsons. Uh, that gets you ten percent off. And with your order, we throw in a free working class bow hunter koozie. So you do not have to wait until a trade show to get your koozie. Um, that discount was inspired by the great people at T&K Hunting Gear. Um, if people come into your group on your on your podcast page and throw shade, make a discount code and make some money off their stupidity. Thank you, Heath. We appreciate you. Um, whether or not you think that we're awesome or not, that doesn't matter. Um, go groom up your food plot. Um, also, speaking of T&K Hunting Gear, great people. They support our veterans, American-made, awesome gear. They jumped on and started sponsoring our veteran shout-out. And you're probably going, why do you need sponsors on your veteran shout-out? Why do you need to get paid for a veteran shout-out? Well, we're not getting paid. We are getting product from these people, and we're going to be giving those to veterans. Um, if you have a company or anything and you would like to jump on as a sponsor for an episode for the veteran shout-out to send these American heroes some goodies... Just hit us up um, on any social outlet or email us at workingclassbowhunter at gmail. So that being said, TNK has sent us six bino harnesses to give away to veterans. And this the first one that we want to give away this week is to a veteran and a really good dude, Paul Soretta. Um, he was just a, on the veteran shout-out a few weeks ago. Um, he's a local guy to us. He's one of our biggest supporters, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And right now he's battling COVID, and it's it's not a great situation, but he's pulling through and he's hanging in there. Um, so we just want to give him another shout-out, wish him the best. We're thinking about you, Paul, and 
hopefully you enjoy this new uh, TNK vinyl harness this season, man, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So we appreciate your service, your support, and we love you, buddy. Get well soon. Cool. Check out TNK hunting gear, man. It's awfully nice of Tyler to do that. You know, he jumped right on board um, donating some gear. Uh, the podcast is presented by HHA Sports, and you can use code WCB15 to get yourself into your first or maybe you need an extra single pen site. Um, I prefer a single pen over multi-pen for picture clarity, sight clarity. Um, it slows me down. It makes me shoot the exact yardage that my target's at um, because I think through my shot a little more. Um, what, would, what are you got? What are you shooting? I just stumbled over my words. What are you shooting, Austin? I've got a Tetra. Tetra. Yep. I I was kind of scared to make the jump going from I'd always shot a, a four or a five pin, and once I made the switch over to a single pin, it, I think it'd be hard for me to go back. You can just see so much more. It actually yeah. helped me on a little bit with target panic. I was able to just see the target a lot a lot better and focus on my shot a lot more. I really like it. Yeah. I think that's what most people like about you know the single pin area there. Um, podcast also brought to you by Scent Crusher. Um, everybody here in the studio, I think Rock Scent Crusher, super thankful for them. The room clean gets used every time we're in the studio. Um, the Ozone Go, the gear bags, we live out of those, the closets. Um, definitely check out ScentCrusher.com. Great company. Help keep your scent under control. Take it to the next level. Um, podcast also brought to you by Gator Outdoors. Wade is on schedule, and we have his cousin on schedule. Wade is the owner of Gator Outdoors. He shot a massive, massive buck in Iowa years ago and was on like the cover of North American Whitetail and just a slob. So we got him coming in the studio Is here. Is that Kyle? Couple, yep, Kyle. Yeah, there um, was a friggin' giant. Yeah, in a couple of weeks they'll be in. But Gator Outdoors is a lifestyle brand, and you can go to GatorOutdoors.com and buy all your favorite brands there. Um, crank out some good, good stuff, GatorOutdoors.com. Um, also, Elite Archery, I'm shooting the Cure this year. What are you shooting this year, Austin? I've still got the old... Uh, Third, the 35, shooting the 35 ritual, from last ritual year. 35. Yep. You're shooting a cure, Ross. I'm shooting a cure, but I bounce back and forth between Ritual 35 and, and the cure. Why? I'm just curious. Uh, my Ritual is set up for long distance, and <laughs> oh, I don't want to tell you why I'm shooting both. Uh, all right. I'm t- uh, you don't have to. So I shoot both. of The the Ritual, I shoot single pin Tetra. Oh, this is where it's stemming from, huh? This uh-huh. is happening? Uh, all right, here it is. I gotta call so, Scott Bakken. <laughs> so the cure, so the cure is a five pin, and uh, it's a CBE five pin elite branded sight, and that's my really tight hunting stand down in the ravine pinch point. Uh, they could come through at any different yardage chasing a doe. So if I'm going to a tight spot, I I run that. That's fair. I run the cure. Okay, nice save. If I'm shooting long bombs across a food plot, single shots pin, that matter. Single pin with a 35. <laughs> okay, good save. Uh, I was gonna, what was I gonna spit out there? Um, Elite. We have code for Elite, and actually all outdoor group brands. WCB 20 percent off all the goodies, so you can get into like, you can get into certain Elite bows for 400 bucks, depending on where you live. Ship to a dealer, which is really cool. So they also support like local dealers and stuff. That's neat. Uh, big time. We have a code for big time. It's WCB 2020 saves 20% off all big time products. I think swag and everything, food plot seed, supplemental feed. If you can do that in your state, hopefully uh, you live out of Illinois, so you can do that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going up there this weekend to uh, hang out with Joe. I'm actually just returning the race tent they brought down for the shoot. I still have it in my garage, and we might. Uh, it's in Indiana, so I'll actually get to like participate in you know, putting out some supplemental feed and enjoying that. 
So when you see a photo of me putting doubt some big time, I'm in Indiana before you start <laughs> it's talking. It's illegal. Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, old Barn Taxidermy. Love. First of all, I love the people behind Old Barn Taxidermy, and I love their taxidermy work. Um, they're going to get real sick of me if I keep killing shit that I am, but the streak's got to run out. But I'm hoping Doug and Eric get in there. Um, I'm excited to get my bear back. Should have my skull back any day. It's fitting for this podcast. Uh, I'm really excited about my bear mount. Nice change of pace, different look in the house. I love my whitetails, but it's nice to get like a variety, you know? Absolutely. It is good shit. Um, and also, Loophold has jumped on um, again as a partner. And right now, let me check. They have a special going on. Oh, dang it. My, it on their sunny shades? Yeah, it ends uh, August 2nd. Mm. Get on it. The code is if you go to Loophold. They got their new performance eyewear, which uh, loopholdshop.com. Use promo code WCB2020. Um, I have a pair of their sunglasses, performance eyewear, and I love them. Um, if anybody knows me, I'm good at destroying glasses, expensive glasses, especially when I get to drinking. And I these know that. Are the, <laughs> yeah, you think you ran them over, but that was my fault that you ran them over. Um, <laughs> smashed them. Yeah, just smashed them. Not my loophole ones, though. I like, I'm like. i very conscious of where I put these because I love them so much. Yeah. They're that kick-ass. And I'm like, I feel cool because i got a pair of like, loophole shades on. Right. So people are like, what kind of sunglasses are those? I'm like, oh, they're, uh-huh. they're loophole. You don't know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah, you've never heard of that. you, you never gotta, heard of that. you got to be somebody. Yeah, look at this. Look at that. <laughs> you gotta be somebody but now loophole's a great company man great people i've got a tour of their whole facility and it's just good people all around it makes you feel like you're at home so right on american proud company they're they survived chaz <laughs> <laughs> lord knows they weren't going to have any issues anyway well this podcast is what i'm going to consider the last podcast in our 2020 bear camp series um the story hasn't been closed yet for what we got going on so we should get into it, but I will add that they. I think we have three spots available for bear camp next year, three or four, um, and then there's more available outside of that at a different camp. So if you're interested in doing the same bear camp, um, if you go back to previous episodes, we have some of our bear kills that we talked about and kind of the experience of being there. Um, just hit us up. We'll connect you with Double Diamond Outfitters, um, Trey and, and his great family, and you can go on that same wall tent hunt with us if you are interested. And he also has a guide school that he's starting up. Well, he's been doing it, but there's still positions available to where you could be a real Western cowboy, just like the guides at Double Diamond Outfitters. I don't think I have the stones, but you might. So hit us up if you're interested. I will put you in contact with Trey and Liv and all the good people there. So let's get on to the show. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. 
it's really, really not that good. Good, 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 good. All right, on with the episode. Uh, so, I'm your host, Kurt Geyer. We have Ross Bigger in studio. What's up, guys? I'll let you just introduce your guys' self. That way people get to know your voice. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I'm Austin Chandler. We have a we have a guest sit-in. Have you ever done a podcast ever? Yeah, well, you can talk. You're on the mic. Yeah, one. Uh, did a Whitetail Rendezvous a few years ago. Oh, cool. Cool. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name's Kyle Peterson. He w- he wasn't on Bear Camp. He's just hanging out with us. Yeah, just chilling. And then we have Danny Green on the phone. Hey, what's up, guys? Danny, uh, he booked with us for the Bear Camp and just came along as a listener, and now he's a great friend. It's kind of awesome. What up, Danny? Yeah. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. Good. So we have big shoes to fill, boys, because the last pile of episodes have been, um, in my opinion, over the top for what we're known for, <laughs> way out of our league. You can't follow the jury, <laughs> so we're just going to plan on this episode being a, a bomb, and then if you, maybe you'll pick something up, maybe maybe it'll just be a big piece of crap, maybe it won't. My plan is once you get about 25 minutes in, I'm just going to start chugging beers as fast as possible, <laughs> right. and then I'll just say some wild shit, and then it'll be like, oh, cool, that was worth it. These, <laughs> these kind of podcasts make you appreciate when the juries come on, you're like, jeez, finally some knowledge. <laughs> it's hard to follow Mark Jury. It's like... It, you know, it'd be like if you're going into a fist fight and you just knew you had no chance of winning. That's kind of my mindset coming into this podcast a little bit. <laughs> exactly. After Mark Jury. Especially after that, like, knowledge bombs. Yeah, so, big time. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the show. Uh, so this is the last of the 2020 Bear Camp series. And, you know, if you want to come on this same hunt with us next year, hit us up. But... After my bear kill, I just sat in camp and kicked it and drank Crown Royal and had ice-cold bush lights and stared at mountains and grilled bear meat and, you know, the good life. And I just got lucky. The rest of us were dogging it. Not everybody. Danny wasn't dogging it. No. Danny was... Oh, I was dogging it, but I was dogging it on the way home. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That was a long drive home. You know, I left early so I could save that vacation for come rut when i got home and you know we had the house for sale so i was like gosh dang i need to get some stuff done to get this place sold so i can get back out the farm you know and so i spent the last two days of my vacation really working my ass off around the house getting things taken care of around there so well but you're efficient to be done that's right you're efficient well, let's talk about this. So I killed my bear, super excited, awesome. And the whole mindset I felt like the whole trip with Austin and Ross, you guys had killed good bears before. You guys were kind of, you know, we this isn't a Canadian bear hunt. You guys knew what you were in for. You guys both knew what type of bear you wanted to shoot. Um, I guess whoever wants to take off first with what your mindset was on this hunt. Yeah, we uh, the guy that showed us pictures on both baits, we knew there were – really good bears in the area and we were just content to to sit there and wait on a good bear so uh ross and clint and myself were all content to just sit there and wait on a big bear so that's pretty much what we did all week yep um and those big ones are tricky out there what i found to be the biggest challenge were the thermals so that wind and the mountains is constantly swirling and shifting and you can almost picture what it's going to do that last hour when it starts to get dark, it cools off, and those thermals start falling, and they suck down the mountain down into the draw. Yep. Um, and 
the big bear that I was hunting all week, it, the wind was good about the last hour to hour and a half, but the first few hours in the stand, it was shifty. And mm-hmm. I could just, I just felt like if that bear was in the area, he might be picking me up. And I think that's exactly what happened the first. What was the bear's name that you're hunting? That? Uh, I don't think they had a name for it. It was a Mondo, though. Yeah, he it was, was a big a, just a great big black bear. And the black bears out there are kind of less common than the than the color bears. Yep. Probably like, what did they say, like 40% black and 60-plus yeah. color. And that's I don't know if that's everywhere, but the pocket that we were hunting in. Yeah, but he was a really good bear. I mean, I'm saying... 300 350 maybe more probably a 19 inch bear maybe better uh really good bear no matter where you're at so i was patient and waited on him all week and never got to see him but we kept checking the camera and out of the four days i hunted him i think he was in there three times yeah and a couple times in the daylight but it would be in the middle of the day like right a couple hours before i'd get in there so i think he had me kind of figured out he had you pinned down yep just like old smart bears do but just like old smart anything that smells really well yep Yep. what about you ross uh so i got on (laughs) i guess we all sat around in camp we got there uh first first day kind of settled down and the guides pulled us over we sat around the campfire and just made a big circle and all the guides plus us were all sitting around talking about who's going to match up with who and go with who and go where and and uh (laughs) i still i just came out of a cast and i was limping around and i thought (laughs) well put me on the safest horse and take me to the safest place because i don't want i don't need to be getting bucked off a horse because i wasn't used to riding horses so yeah none uh, of us were (laughs) right none of us were but i was being a little timid so I'm like, no, I I want to go somewhere safe. So I got teamed up with Chad, uh, and he took me over to hunt uh, Simba. Simba is a bear that they had named like three or four years prior to us showing up. Mm-hmm. Big, big blonde bear, cinnamon bear. And uh, anyways, I stayed on him for three days straight, I think. And three days, three or four, whatever it was. And uh, it was kind of one of those you go and you're either going to kill him or you're not going to see anything type of thing but it was worth the risk he was a huge bear and i thought well it's it's worth the chance to go over there and maybe kill this bear so kill a big color phase or something like that yep and man i tell you i i didn't do any kind of physical training or anything ahead of time working out and you go up there and get to the seven thousand right you know seven thousand feet get in that range and he'd we'd park the horses and i'd have to walk about three four hundred yards up a mountain yeah and holy smokes which <laughs> i it was a mountain but it just looked like a great big sledding hill and yeah i'm walking up through it really it was, fast it, coming it down was that an, hill. <laughs> it was an avalanche run so all the trees were clear and it was all green grass and just little sprigs and things and i'm like well this is a sweet spot and I started climbing it and i had to take like 18 breaks because it was <laughs> it, it's tough breathing going up those hills yeah for sure what but, was your mindset danny the whole trip or you know coming into that trip oh gosh i i, I just felt lucky to even be there mainly um, just the the first night dan we were riding those horses up those mountains and once in a while he'd stop and let the horses breathe for a while because it's just so steep and you get to the top of a mountain and look over there and i mean it makes you feel like tiny because everything out there is just big. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what kind of right. bear did you have in mind, like, going in? What was your thoughts on – because I know, 
like Austin Ross has killed bears. They had they they were willing to sit out for one. I mean, what was your thoughts? Well, going into it, I didn't know. Like at first, I wasn't sure if he had to kill a bull. And you know, saying all this stuff and listening to all these podcasts, people were talking about well, how to kill them and stuff. And how do you know a bull from sow? And I was like, crap! I hope I don't screw that up. Like I hope I don't kill a sow. And I actually I messaged you, Kurt, and talked to you about it, and you're like. It, it don't matter if you kill a sow, boy, it doesn't matter. You know, just don't kill a cub, you know, or a sow with cubs. Yeah. So I was just like, I, any bear that didn't have a cub that I thought was decent sized, was, yeah, I was putting an arrow through it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Which is a fair mindset for never going bear hunting, just like that was, you know, my mindset for the most part, too. Um, so it, it was kind of, it's kind of cool to get a bunch of dudes out there. I'm glad I went with guys that were experienced in bear hunting, like talking to you guys the whole road trip, you know, that kind of molded my mindset a little more. Um, so what I'm trying to think of the timeline, we talked about my bear killed. That was the pre I'll link that episode into the description of this. So if you haven't listened, you can go through and click and listen to that one first if you want or whatever. Uh, but I think Danny was next in line for the next bow drawback. Um, right. The next day. Is that right, Danny? Yeah, I was day number two, night two. Hey, however you're talking into your phone right now, keep talking into their phone like that. We keep getting you kind of muffled. Oh, okay. Um, so you were day day two of hunting. So talk about talk about that. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to go back to day one, if you don't mind, to kind of recap that, and then I'll step into day two, if that works for you. Yeah, do it. That's fine. So day one, we get up there. And, uh, Kelby, I believe. Yeah, Kelby was my guy's name, I believe. Yep. Trey's brother. Took me, yeah. He took me to the right. I, I don't know which north, south, east, west. I don't know that. But he took me to the right once I got up to the top of this mountain. And he showed me across the across the canyon there. He goes, okay, there's the bait pile. That's where we're going to go. And then we turned the horses back around and went up the mountain. And, um, he dropped me off. And he goes, well, just walk walk down the canyon there. And, you know, you'll walk to the bait. You'll come right up on it. So I did that. And at night, you know, it got dark on us. And I was coming out and. For some reason, I got mixed up whenever I got to the top of the mountain out, out from the bottom of that canyon. And uh, I guess I went right when I should have went left or something. I don't know. And I started walking. I was like, man, I have lost the trail. So I'm trying to find it and trying to find it. I'm like, well, I looked it on actually. I knew where the ranger was parked because, you know, he parked the ranger down there for me so I could just hop in it and go back to camp. So I knew where that was, so I was like, well, I'm just going to walk that direction. You know, I've lost the trail already. I was really across it at some point. I took off and got into that deadfall and stuff, and snow was still on top of it. So I was trying to walk through it, and, of course, I didn't know that it was, there was deadfall into the snow, so I kept falling through it and falling through it. Finally, I was like, well, I'm just going to have to turn around, go back up to the top of this mountain, and try to find a better way down. So I did end up making it out just fine after slight tumble but ended up making it out and then uh, night two went to went back to the same stand um so night one when i got there all the they had a bunch of sticks shoved inside the meat barrel but when i got there for night two all those sticks were pulled out so i'm like well something's been here today yeah they do that to like let the bear jack around at the barrel a little bit that way you have like you can pick your shot so they don't just like get right into the bait for people wondering i don't know I learned that. Yeah, it slows well, them down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, actually, sure. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware of why they did that either. I thought it was to 
kind of put some weight on the barrel, keep them from just doing any room out of it. But yeah, so all the sticks were pulled out and went in the two. So I'm like, well, something's been here within the past 24 hours. And then I think it got about 5.30, I believe. And off to my right, there was, I seen a bear moving through the thick uh, evergreens over there. So I was like, well, heck yeah, there's a bear there. I went ahead and grabbed my bow. You know, he was probably 150 yards out at that time. So I grabbed my bow expecting. So all the YouTube videos I've watched and stuff, it's like, as soon as you see a bear, bam, he's at the bait pile. So that's what I was expecting. <laughs> that's how it works on TV. They, they <laughs> kind of just like, you ever play the old games of Halo where you walk through that purple hay shit and you pop up somewhere else? That's it's kind of what they do on TV. <laughs> exactly. You're <laughs> right. So, so I was expecting him to be there within 10 minutes. I was like, well, he's coming to the bait pile. There's bait here. There's bear there. He'll be here in 10 minutes. So I held my bow, and I lost him. And I was like, well, heck. After about 30 minutes, I was like, well, heck, he must not have. He must not have wanted to come to bait yet, so I went out and hung my bow back up. Well, what that bear was doing was, I believe he was circling downwind of the bait pile. Because an hour and a half later, here he came, but he came in from downwind of the bait pile. And he happened to be right on the path that I walked in on. Yeah, yeah. And he kept putting he kept putting his nose down and stuff. I'm like, damn, he's going to bust me any time. And... I did the same thing you did, Kurt. I didn't. I didn't let him get to the bait pile. <laughs> getting I, antsy, I you got to get after it, man. Sometimes you're feeling yeah. that that urge right there when you see like an animal like trying to wind you or smell you. Immediately, you're like, "Well, I got to make something happen quick." Because at that point, I mean, I think what, what you're getting to, you did the right thing because you can't really afford to let an animal, especially out in Wyoming, for being Midwest boys out there, like you can't really afford. To let a bear get in there that you want to shoot and get out if you know he's on you. So if you get an opportunity, you gotta you gotta take advantage of that quick. That's and, right. I, t- I took advantage of the first opportunity he gave me. So. And you shot him at like forty two yards, didn't you? Oh no, I shot him at like twelve. The bait pile. Oh, twelve. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, he was. I was thinking you made a long bomb on <laughs> Ross that. is like, well, I'll be go to hell. <laughs> I was way off. I was I way was off. Way off. <laughs> so you yeah, shot him at yeah, twelve was, yards. Oh, yeah, he was right there, man. He was right on top of me, so. What was your mindset when you put an arrow through that bear? Like, right when you saw the arrow zip through him, what were you thinking? Oh, I, I knew I'd smoked him. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the only, one of the only times I've ever hit, like, the hair I was aiming at. And that's <laughs> all because of what Trey was telling us. He's like, middle of the middle. Just aim middle of the middle. And so that that was what was going through my mind as I was going back and as I was shooting that bear. Yeah. Was middle and it took. It's like it took all the nervousness away. Thinking, having something in my head to say over and over. I guess it's kind of like uh, Clint Casper. He puts that. Um, oh gosh, what's he put on the back of his riser? Execute. It's, it was kind of along the same lines as that. I think. Something like that. By the way, Clint was supposed to be on this podcast. I'm sorry, Danny. I didn't clarify that with you. You're probably like, where the fuck's Clint? Um, he was. Well, I assumed he was gone. He was supposed <laughs> to be on this podcast, but his kids were sick um, because he was going to give his oh, little man. side of things. So, yeah, I got you. It is what it is. But sorry yeah, about take that. Care of yeah, right. Exactly. So keep going, man. But yeah, once the once I once I zipped that arrow through, I knew I hit him good. He took off running out there, and he did he did that death moon, well, like what you were saying yours did. Yeah, the death moan. Man, your phone's yeah. kind of muffled, Danny. I don't know what it is, brother. It like it's like gets better and it gets progressively worse. 
Oh, I don't know. It's AT and T. That's what it is. We'll blame it on that. <laughs> I'm assuming you're in the country, so it's it is yeah. it is what it is. So yeah, I came out to my farm hoping I'd have the best service out here because, like I said, it's on the highest hill in Benton County. So. <laughs> it's all good. People just deal with poor service in a southern accent all in one. It'll be all right. <laughs> Drink another beer. Yeah. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, man. But, yeah, hearing out there he was doing that death thing, like, like nothing I've ever heard before. Obviously, I've never killed a bear before, but it was just insane how many times he was doing that, too. And so I gave him 30, 45 minutes before I finally climbed down. And I, I didn't want to go looking for him. I wanted to wait till the next day to go look for him, you know, have a guide with me or something, somebody that knows what they're doing when it comes to bears. And as I was walking out, oh, he was laying on the path that I walked in. <laughs> I was glad he was dead. Let's just say that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. I remember you coming back in camp, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I was excited that we – it was like back-to-back. Because no matter what anybody says, I said this to Clint because we – me and Clint were staying in the same town. I was like, dude, I don't want to have the biggest bear camp. Bullshit. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I don't. If mine was the baseline for that, and I was like, I don't. I want everybody to kill a bear. Like, you know how awesome that would have been? Um, right. So I was super jacked when you came back and we're talking about it. Yeah. When I got back, Trey, he met me there as soon as I pulled the ranger on. And he's like, well, did, did you get one? You know, he was kind of like hesitant. And I was like, yeah, I got one, man. He's like, oh, good, because I was going to say, you ain't going to kill him if you come back this early. Because <laughs> it was still daylight when I got back. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's a good sign. See, I always remember this in uh, hunting camp when I grew up in Fulton County, Illinois. I grew up hunting in Fulton County, Illinois. And you'd be sitting there, like, if somebody was tagged out and someone pulled in, be like, ooh, it's not dark. Somebody, something happened. You know? That's right. Good vibes. Good vibes. You're home before dark. Something went really well. Oh, yeah. Or really bad. <laughs> or really bad. <laughs> So kick ass. Yeah, yeah. So you guys went and got him the next day on horseback. Yeah, next morning. Yeah, we rode in there and picked him up. Kick ass, man. Kick ass. Yeah. I know we were all jacked up. We checked our bears in together with the biologist the following day. Um, I think you have two days to get in there and check them in. Um, so it's kind of cool. We got to go there and meet the biologist in town there in Alpine, Wyoming, went with Trey. And you remember the biologist had that big sheet of, like, printed paper of muleys and bears and elk and all that that had been killed the yeah. following or the previous year. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So we got that experience, got to meet the biologist, and we got to go into Trey's house to guide and see some of his elk and his giant muley and a bunch of cool shit. So it was a cool experience, man. I'm glad you – I'm glad that you started out as just a listener and then booked this hunt with us and killed your first bear, and now we consider you a friend. Right, yeah, exactly, man. I feel the same way, and I'm just super thankful for for, for you guys, you know, because I would have never, I probably would have never went to Wyoming on a bear hunt if it hadn't have been for for this, you know. Yeah, it was it was kind of super super random, but it's one of those things. It's like we made some really good friends, um, you know, with you, with the boys from Utah, just with the guys in camp. Like it's it's a cool thing, and and some of them guys are talking about coming out to Whitetail hunt with us this fall. Uh, Heck yeah. And I'm hoping they do. I'm trying to get Devin and Trey out here and um, a bunch of those guys because, you know, they come out here to Whitetail Hunt, we're going to go out there and hunt muleys or something in Utah one of these days. So, actually, I plan, yeah. I'm planning on going next fall. So. You know, I'm pretty sure Trey said, or no, Ty, I think Ty was saying that uh, Whitetail is like one of his bucket list 
Yeah, that's why I told him like, just you gotta let us know. Like, give us a few months heads up. Like, yep. we got the spots. Well, if if we know about them coming out, we can get them set up. We can figure something out. You know, those guys exactly. want to kill one forty buck, one thirty, one forty buck or better. It's just kind of like our mindset going out to kill bears. We just want to kill a good one. Yeah, yeah. So let's yep. kick ass. Well, then, so where does that follow us up then? So you doubled up. We're happy. We're relaxing. And you were kind of just like what you said earlier. Hell, I got shit to do. I'm going to dip out. And you, that's you. You were asking me like, man, I want to stay and hang out with everybody, but man, I got shit to do and I want to save vacation. I'm like, dude, say no more, fam. Like, save vacation to hunt whitetails, dude. You tagged out early. See exactly. you later, man. Yeah, I was like, see yeah. you later, bud. You ain't going to hurt yep. nobody's feelings, man. I can't blame <laughs> you for that. And you know, probably a good thing you did, and you save some time. And you know, I I was there in camp. We all came together. I was there to relax. So I took advantage of just like the time you know not worrying about nothing right. no social media on the phone and shit soaking in the full experience yeah yeah, yeah. enjoying myself took, took a mountain nap you know watching that creek flowing through camp that, dude that creek was so consistent consistent <laughs> this I, was, I had some arguments about the stars at night yeah which, me austin and kurt got into it over the stars the big dipper we were in that little creek that was so consistent it's just consistent as all hell it's like the water kept coming you know, for just, real though, the, just wouldn't quit. The night skies out there, out west, are totally different than back here. I mean, you can see every star up there. It's yeah, it's wild how clear and how oh, big man. it looks. Yeah, that consistent. And close. Oh yeah, they seem way closer too. And the consistent creek helps like clear the fogginess in the air because it's so consistent that you can just see <laughs> the stars that much better. Yeah, they, I, I was serious about that. It's just it's consistent. It was. Just, it never stopped. One. It time. just didn't stop. Not even for a minute. It just kept coming. Mm. It's like the snow melted and then there's more water. Right. You know? <laughs> I, bet, I bet it's still going right now. I bet you it is. It's like they it's like we were in the mountains. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was consistent. <laughs> so it's overwhelming. Where does that bring us to after Danny's kill? Danny's like, Cool, you know, what up? Peace. I'm gonna go home and make sweet, sweet love to my wife and sell this house, that type of thing, you know. He does what he does. Can't you know? blame right. the guy. He's yeah. a stud. Hey, we- we sold the house. I can't. I can't say we did the other thing. Good work. Well, hey, you don't got to <laughs> say it. We know. What up? <laughs> I heard rumors about you, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude's dude's a tripod. So I heard. Um, who's next, Ross? Or Ro- Austin? Austin? Well, Ross? You can oh, go, Ross. Were, we went. We went all the way to the finish. I mean, it was. Yeah. Yeah. We were grinding hard. I mean, every day we were getting ready when it was time to go. I mean, we we'd get up and. You guys are hunting big bears, though. You guys are hunting, like, you know, well over Pope and Young Bears is what yep. you're hunting. So people need to, like, remember that. Like, you guys could have went other spots <laughs> and shot average bears or whatever, you know, or smaller bears. But you guys were hunting the, the high-end Pope and Youngs. Yeah. You know, one of them might have been knocking on Boone, we might have thought. The bear I was hunting, I was perfectly happy to go and hunt that that uh, site that had one bear on it there wasn't it wasn't multiple bears using it i knew my odds were going to be lower but the the quality of the bear that was on it i'm like i'm totally content to spend my whole hunt right here on this one site so that's what i that's what i did for four out of the five days and i remember talking to you come into camp and i'd be like hey man what's up you see any bears and you'd be like nah because i was like anticipating you guys getting back you know um one i was just chilling but like i want the stories you know i'm like what are you thinking like Oh, and I remember you saying, that. I'm willing to wait it out, man. That bear's worth it. Like, yep. you know, it's, you know, you've, you guys have killed bears, mm-hmm. you know. So. And you talk to the guys out there, like my guide, he's a kind of an avid bear hunter. He's killed, he killed a bear that was over 19 out there. And he's like, 
that bear that you're looking at is a very very good bear for this area like you don't you don't get a chance at a bear like that every year so i knew it, for that area it was a really super special it was worth waiting on and seeing the trocan pictures come back and yeah. and him some pumpkin time, heads timing you back. i mean he he had you figured out i mean he had it was hard to let him go because he was there almost like i said three out of the four days i hunted him so you can't let up on a bear like that you're like well fuck you know tonight's the night i gotta go i gotta go try him again right if a 200 inch buck was there yeah if you're hunting five days and he was there every day you dedicate your whole season to that even if you only see him one time you know it could and it would have been a lot different and maybe would have done things differently uh or you would have if we were there for three more weeks or two more weeks on top of the week if i'd had another day i'd have probably spent you know five out of six days hunting that bear i'd probably give him another day and who knows what would have happened yeah right well i was faced with a hard decision um on the last day day number five we checked the camera and of course that bear was in there like four hours before we pulled the card it's like well shit what do i i was trying to get all you guys's opinions like do i go back in spend the last night of the hunt on this bear Uh, and i think we all kind of came to the consensus that he probably had me figured out by that point did, did we? I don't remember. Did we ever talk about? And I know it probably got thrown into the basket of strategy here for a little bit. But did we ever talk about you going in in the dark and sitting all day? I don't think we. I ever don't think we talked about that. Would, that it would have been, been smart. But yeah, but it would have riding a out. horse up the mountain in the dark. Yeah, right. It would have burnt you out. Well, the worst part about it is the thermals would have been opposite, so that they'd have been kind of coming up the canyon and yeah. blowing right towards the bait, whereas I wanted it more coming mm-hmm. down that's the true canyon. that's so true it's for me that was the biggest difference that i had seen between my canadian hunts and this western hunt that was the biggest obstacle was was the thermals um but anyways i was i was faced with that decision on day number five we decided i was going to go set the bait that you had set the night before and you had seen a blonde bear did you see another bear other than that blonde one i saw the blonde bear okay i thought you saw a couple black bears too though all like jet black not that night oh okay no okay so they were there they were on camera but i didn't see them we we pulled the card on that and there was a mondo and Mm -hmm. we we thought it was black but i think it was probably the bear that i ended up seeing i think it was a dark dark chocolate is what it was the infrared made it look a different color it it was a good bear and i mean i don't i can't say for sure because bears are tricky but three 300 250 to 300 i think bigger yeah you're talking about i mean we can get into that story now if you want that's fine let's do it but here i would kind of like to tell mine because that's what i was wondering his his needs to finish okay yeah go ahead so i guess i i had sat on that bear what they had named simba that one um and chad and i went back there and hunted three i think it was three days in a row because i i sat two different spots Mm -hmm. the last two days so it was three days straight, nothing. I got to see a ton of wildlife, like elk and and moose and. It was a wildlife. I mean, everything, area. mule deer all over the place, yep. pine martens. I mean, I got to see lots of stuff. Yeah, I wish so. I could have seen a pine martin. Those pine martens are really cool. You kind of want to take them home. I know. I want to bring one back <laughs> and just have that? them infiltrate Illinois. What's that, Danny? What is that? It's like a. It's like a ferret, like a long, skinny ferret, a big ferret. But oh, okay. it has razor sharp teeth and like a bushier tail than a ferret. Um, yeah, look like a fox, but the size of a dachshund. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. And and they they hunt ground squirrels because I watched him chase this ground squirrel all over same place you killed Danny. Um, yeah. 
And here's the thing. If we could bring Pine Martins here and have them eat some of the squirrels in Illinois, and if Pine Martins don't chew on shed antlers, let's get Pine Martins in the Midwest. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That's right. Yes. Pine Martins. I need Call a biologist. Give me somebody out there. Give me a number to a biologist. We're making this happen. We're going to get a bill signed in. I'm going to sign the the Pine Martin Act of Illinois. Fucking Pine Martin patch. That's right. Fucking didn't find any sheds. Everything I got caught up in a Pine Martin patch. <laughs> so, so, so dumb. So I sat Sorry, on that. Ross. I sat on that bear for three days, and I basically same deal. Uh, Austin's like, man, I've been on this bear. Um, should I stay? Should I go? I had that same conversation with myself, just like, hey, I need to pull off of this and and maybe go somewhere else. So I want to go. I want to go where Danny killed. Uh, let's let's try something different. So yeah. they took me where Danny shot his, and I got down there. I mean, we rode. That's a that's a haul, Danny. I mean, that's that's a lot. <laughs> so we left like basically the truck, the road. Where Danny killed this was just a mountain over from where I killed my bear, I believe. Right, right. right. Yeah. We're just up the valley, basically. So, um, so anyways, we leave where the trucks, you know, where we drive up that gravel road into camp, and we ride the horses up. We go all the way up this mountain, and I think, well, we're going to be there any minute because they just kept saying, well, it's just down from camp. Just down from camps, like Not really. like two hours later on a horseback, you're you're getting there. Um, so we get all the way up to the top, and then we get off the horses, walk over, and we're right on top of this big mountain, looking down to like a big creek bottom and the bottom side of another big mountain that keeps going on up. And my guide keeps walking back and forth. He's like, I don't know. I think that bait's here somewhere, mm-hmm. and you could you should be able to see it from here. And we're walking back and forth, back and forth, and I'm like, man, we are wasting so much time. Uh, I thought you knew where this thing was at. What's what's going on? And you don't want Ross to get frustrated with you. I'm starting. Clear. I'm starting to get impatient. Like, come on, dude. Like, what, what's the plan? He's like, oh, there it is, right there. So I walk. We walk where we left the horses. We walked like 70 yards down the mountain, and you could see it uh, clear down on the bottom. Blue barrel, obvious as could be. Sun at our back. Sun's starting to fall. I'm starting to get antsy. Like, hey, I got to get down there and get set. And we went. Uh, He's like, there it is right there, so take this horse trail. And he pointed clear to his left, and we went. I went all the way down this trail, clear to the bottom, in the wrong direction by, like, 500 yards by the time you get to the bottom. And I yep. thought, I thought, gee whiz, now i got to turn around and skirt this whole hillside, basically following the creek bottom. But I'm going to follow the horse trails because I know they've been in there. Mm-hmm. And follow them all the way up, lose the horse trails. Broad daylight, can't find the horse tracks. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. We're, and I'm looking all over the place, kept looking back up the mountain. Like, the sun's in my eyes, and I could see that dead tree where I was standing when I seen it. Uh, I, you know, I'm trying. And I bragged up the whole time to my guide. I'm like, listen, I got a pretty good sense of direction, so just leave me alone. I got this. I <laughs> I've got just this. never been here before. <laughs> I just haven't been here before. But I, I know where I'm, you know, what's going on here. So I, I'm looking at this dead tree. I'm like, yeah. It's it's got to be close. It's so thick. I'm, it's thick in there, man. Yeah, I was looking all over. I'm like, ah. so I bet you for 40 minutes I walked that trail back and forth five times and went way out of the way. Went even skirted off of it and went all around. Couldn't find it. Finally, I went. I started where I came in the first time and I followed the horse tracks and I thought they stopped here and they had to have gone somewhere. So I just made like a 10 foot circle until I made my way out to like 40. And I'm like, oh, oh, shoot, there it is. Why didn't I see that the first time? Climbed up in the tree, finally, and then sat down and just waited. 
and waited and right before dark um a white coyote came out which was oh, i don't remember awesome. that i don't yeah. remember that story did you get yeah. that on film yeah i got him on on film well son of a bitch did i miss that so, i would have made the trip so he a white coyote comes we need to get out. combination creative our boy jordan on this whole hunt camp video <laughs> yeah that's right we'll hound him i'll start hounding so uh uh anyways i uh seen this white coyote can you turn this down just a hair i'm gonna get back on the mic you're good, bud. You sure? You're good. All right. We'll leave it alone. So I see this white coyote, and he's running around back and forth. I, I grab my bow. I'm like, I'm shooting this white coyote for sure. And he jacks around and heads up and back up the mountain. And and I thought, well, dang it. I guess I'll just sit here and keep bear hunting. <laughs> and, um, I hear a bunch of sticks snapping and a bunch of noise going on. And I look, and I, find, I see, like, it's awesome, beautiful cinnamon bear coming right right towards the bait but he's taking his time yeah and i'm like what well we got plenty of daylight so come on in buddy um but the wind like austin's talking about these thermals i mean these thermals when you get when i got in the stand i mean these this wind was blowing right up my ass right up to this basically where i figure they're they're bedding at yeah and we're about an hour away from the wind switching and getting cold and starting to fall back down and it turns 180 degrees and hits you right in the face and dude it, it happens so fast it does and but at this point the wind when i seen the bear the wind was in like right behind me going up the hill or yeah. up the mountain and i thought man this sucks any minute this wind's gonna switch and it's me blowing right where he's coming from mm-hmm. and sure enough and he's he was jacking around too long like just taking his time you know jump a log and then sniff around doing bear shit just doing bear stuff yeah so the the wind switches and i start getting nervous i'm like man he's gonna win me i'm sure he is and about that terrible feeling about that time he takes off running i'm filming him and about that time he takes off running and i mean hard and takes off right up the mountain i thought shit he just winded me and pretty soon that white coyote comes hauling ass out of the brush and that bear was chasing that white coyote. No shit. I'm not kidding That's you. I don't remember yeah. this story. I mean, you might not have told it in this detail. Maybe. I probably didn't. But anyways, so <laughs> this bear's chasing this white coyote, just running through the brush, snapping limbs. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm trying to get it all on camera, but it's, you know, it's pretty, yeah. it's kind of choppy, and they're coming in and out of line of sight and all that. But anyways, uh, he chills out, basically ends up chasing him off right where I seen him the first time coming towards me. Yeah. And then gets back on his little meandering thing, and he hops a log and starts coming towards me. Meanwhile, the wind switched, and, and now it's blowing right at him. So I'm like, damn it, this is this is going to go upside down pretty fast. And he probably got within 60, I'd say about 60 yards. And then I couldn't hear him, see him, nothing. And then he'd pop out, and then I'd see him again. And then pretty soon he'd take off running like he was scared. And then he'd stop, and then he'd come back. I mean, he did this like three or four times. And I, I'm pretty sure he was winding me the whole time. I don't I don't know for sure, but he, the way he was acting, he wanted to come in, but he just something wasn't right. And then yeah. he'd, he'd act like he was distracted and wanted to go check something else out. And then, anyways, long, long story short, he, uh, he ended up – totally busting me and bailing out of there mm. so um and that was a cinnamon I, bear or color face beautiful bear. color face yeah, yeah yeah beautiful i would have shot him all day really sure. a big one or about the same 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 as yours really oh yeah yep 
Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. And and so I'm like, well, I'm going to get out of here. And there's, I know I got a long ways to go. And that so the horses, my guide and the horses weren't coming back to pick me up at the top of the mountain. I was going to have to walk my way all the way out. And that what you did, Danny? Yeah, I walked all the way out to, and they parked that range on the corner of the gravel road. Right on that road, yeah, yeah. So that's yep. what he told me, and I'm like, oh, this will be this will be easy, right? So we just follow right. the horse trail all the way down. <laughs> yeah, so I make it all the way to the top where the horses left me, and then I start walking, and I'm stomping down this trail, and you know it's nice and soft because the horses chewed it all up, and then I had my light off because I'm trying to be all stealthy, you know, stealthy and stuff. Yeah, trying to slip out of there. And my feet start crunching like hard dirt. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And on the trail still, turn my light on, no horse tracks. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so I'm definitely in the wrong spot. So I backed up like You're two. You're fall through some fall downs like Danny did. Like 200 yards up the trail to try and find the fresh horse tracks and got on them and then lost them again. Somehow, some way, lost them again. I'm like, you know what? Now I'm getting pissed. And I'm getting in my head, freaking out. I'm like, that way is west. That's where the sun set. I'm going straight down there and all the way across that big meadow. And so I just blazed a trail all the way down that mountain, like Danny was saying. But there was no snow. There was very little snow Yeah. when I was trying to it do this. It started melting off pretty quick that week. Yeah. I felt like a real, a real true pioneer just blazing trails down the side of this <laughs> <Yeah>. mountain. <laughs> no one had ever been there before. No. And I'm tripping, falling, jumping logs, trying to get all the way to the bottom. I get all the way to the bottom. You caught a rabbit with your bare hands and made a loincloth out of it. And like on the Yeah, way. yeah. I mean, yeah. it just, you know, I kind of, I tried to feel tough, but I was kind of scared at the same time. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I just need to get the fuck out of here. Like, I, I got to go. So we get, to, I finally made it, make it to the bottom and I'm clearing the back corner of that little meadow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, and then that you'd think that just walking across like this little meadow area, which seemed like 18 miles, yeah. But you wouldn't think it would that be that exhausting. But I got about halfway across, and I was totally smoked. Like I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I just the air's thin, and I was just trucking. Yeah, it takes Anyways. it out. Of, it takes it out of you. It's tough walking out there. Well, and I you're, come, you're I, unfamiliar with it. You're kind of like trying to get your way out. Your your mindset's not there. Like yep. it, you know, if you knew exactly where you were going, it'd be a lot different. Right, right. You just slip down the hill. Of course, yeah. you're there. You're. I mean, this is wildlife country, like big time. There's some big animals running around out Other there. Other shit can eat you there. Yeah. It's not like a coyote. You got This is the biggest worry you have. I yeah. Mean, this is, so there's some, there's some shit out there. <laughs> yeah. So I make it to this I'll meadow. Shit out I get all the way across. Halfway across, I'm totally exhausted, and then I just kept right on trucking. And I got all the way to the ranger where Kurt and Chad, my guide, was sitting, <laughs> sitting there talking. I could hear him talking as I'm just <gasps> all yeah. the way across this field. I get up there. Kurt's like, "Did you kill?" I'm like, "I don't even want to talk to you right now. Just calm down. Just leave me alone for a <laughs> shut second." Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Give me a water. Just yeah. shut up. <laughs> shut your yapper. <laughs> so I sat there for like thirty seconds, and I'm like, "No." Anyways, so long. That's story, why I didn't hear about this white coyote. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, he wasn't holding down on us. I don't remember anything about a white coyote. Do you, you don't either. I honestly think he's just making shit up. Right yeah, now. dude. So, hey, right. listen, I know you got like big shoes to so fill this podcast. I, I, ta- I talked to Trey about yeah, this. I know how I'm going to trump Mark Drury. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck Mark Drury. <laughs> listen to this. Ever seen a white coyote? Hey, white coyote. So. Bam. Never heard of it. First time. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to Trey about it, and he said the reason they're white is because they spend all their time on snow caps. And with the sun beaming on that white snow, it bleaches their fur. 
Really? That's what he said. I mean, I'm not making the shit up. I don't know. I was told this. Dude, Trey said that? Hey, yeah. it's, it's your story. Hey, dude. Right. You, hey. As long as you stick to it. You say whatever you want, Ross. All right, fine. I'll be calling Trey tomorrow. You know what? Call him right now. Fuck it. <laughs> He's probably in the mountains. He won't answer. <laughs> I'm telling you. White snow, the sun, makes their fur white. That's what he said. I'm it not, was white coyote. I got it on film. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you. You, I, can't, I, you can't argue with that. Hey, you're probably right. If Trey said it's true. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. Sweet, yeah, dude. You see a white buffalo too? <laughs> Just a guy on Suck a buffalo. <laughs> guy on a buffalo. <laughs> All right, all right. That's enough. So, <laughs> Just make it so I Ross get back for something that actually happened. <laughs> so yeah, you don't, so okay, you so dumb I get motherfucker. Back. You didn't see a white coyote. Tell the truth. So I get back. <laughs> And I mean, I was exhausted, but we did get to ride the ranger for the last quarter mile back to camp. And we get to camp, and you know, I asked Austin if he seen anything. He said no. And um, I'm like, listen, dude, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to do that one again. I didn't. I didn't like that. I was. Yeah. I was too much. I'd rather go back to where Kurt was hunting, and that seemed like a nice spot. I, I just. I don't want to do that hike thing that I just did yeah. again. Not trying to be a puss right now, but. That was that was a lot, and I didn't like it. Uh, I'd do it again. We're getting, I, we're getting towards the end of the trip, though. At this point, too, you know. Right, right. So, so we got one more day to hunt. Yeah. This is like I go back there and hope that this cinnamon bear that I just fucked up on or smelled me and took off, or maybe there's more bears floating around. I I was just it was take the chance and go by there again, or like I do around here white hunting whitetails i mean i got skunk so i'm going somewhere else right? mm-hmm. instead of just riding it out like i probably should have i just said nope i'm out of here and yeah. but then i talked to austin and i told him what a treacherous trip this was for me and then we talked and the next day and then that's where it took over where austin talked to all mm-hmm. of us was like should i go back there should i go somewhere else i'm like dude it, i mean they've been getting a ton of pictures you know there's bears there you know danny's seen he killed his bear, and they've got more trail cameras. To plus, they freshened up the bait. I saw another cinnamon phase where I was at. So it's and we weren't too far apart. Like no, the bear you could have seen the same the first bear that I saw and didn't shoot. Right, you know. But the and so what it came down to was Austin and I are to the point where hey, it's time we need. To, I want to kill something. Both of us really bad. Make some moves. So the two spots that are like more than likely are where Kurt killed and where Danny killed where i just came from mm-hmm. so i'm like we need to be in either one of those spots and austin i really think you need the experience of going to this location <laughs> and feeling what what it's like to climb out of this shithole of a mountain i mean oh man that was a lot yeah, it's, it's really brutal when you start off in the wrong drainage you were you were I, I so a, go on i was a drainage too far south my guy jeff had no, he hadn't been back to this bait so he's like well it's got to be in this drainage well, we were wrong. So we walk clear over the mountain, get into the next drainage, and I'm packing sticks with me because I was going to relocate the stand. We knew that the stand was too close to the bait, so m- my initial game plan was to go in and rehang the stand. Yep. Well, by the time I got back in there, I told Jeff, I'm like, dude, I'm gassed. I'm like, I can't. I'm not going to be able to walk out of here, and I'm not in bad shape. You mm-hmm. know, I'm and I've walked in the mountains before. I'm not a Westie, but I'm usually pretty good shape. I'm like, dude, you're going to have to stick around and, and take me out of here because I'm not going to be able to walk out. So he stayed up on top of the ridge and watched me. Yep. But 
uh, are you want to tell any more on your story, or are you pretty much done? I don't want to cut you off. I was uh, pretty sure I'm, yeah, I think mine's done. I mean, I didn't, I ended up seeing a bear, I guess, when I went to where Kurt killed mm-hmm. um, early. It was pretty early. It was like, What bear was it, or what? It was a cinnamon bear, but it was, a, it was a sow for sure. I wonder if that was the first bear I saw then. It's more than likely, but I didn't, I mean, the coat that I saw on the bear the night before just beautiful coat the, yeah. the one that i seen at your set the next night that she was pretty long-haired like i'll have to show you the I, video because i have a lot of video of her i actually drew back on I, if it's the same bear right drew back and let down and then drew back again and let down and then right you know so i wonder i'll show you video just to refresh your memory if, and if it's and bear. honestly i, I you might have showed me and i kind of looked at it but i just in, in my mind between where where Danny killed his and where you killed yours, we're only talking what three quarters of a mile. As a, a crow mile, flies, yeah. As a crow flies up the valley, difference. Yeah, and these bears move a lot, and that seemed like the most bear density in that valley. It could have easily been the same bears, it like could, back and forth. It could have been, or there could have been so many bears out there we saw different bears. Yeah, well, I, I mean, saw two. Danny killed an all jet black one. You saw that color phase one there. Yep. Um, Plus, like a, a gold coyote or whatever. I saw it was, it was white. Oh, white! It, it, was, it white, was white, white, platinum colored. Almost. It had a little bit of silver to it too. Yes, like like a chrome tint. It wasn't like a gray fox. It, it wasn't a fox, and if it was, it was a really big fucking fox. <laughs> Very stout, <laughs> world record fox. I believe you, man. Okay, then I that's you. settled. That's so you <laughs> believe me? <laughs> settled. Well, that's checked. <laughs> okay. Good. Now that's checked. So Ross's bear hunt, boom, done. The book has been closed. Yep. yep. All the way to the last night, done. Give us one big takeaway from your experience there, because I have one that I could say to the people, but I want you to say what your big takeaway was from this. My biggest takeaway, it was 100% worth the money, worth the time, worth the, the – everything was perfect. The – the camp, the food, the the camaraderie with everybody. Mm-hmm. There was even though we came away empty-handed, it was a hundred percent worth the trip, what? and and I, no disappointment whatsoever. That's good. And, and I was going to say my takeaway would be for listeners that takeaway is cool. Your mindset's a little different because you've killed big deer. You've, you know what it's like to hunt mature animals. Bears. The big, but and what oh, I'm saying in, in general, oh, you've killed big okay. bears. You've killed big deer. You've killed big shit. That's kind of the experience that is common when you hunt only bigger shit you know like you see less animals but when you do they're the right animals right um that's just something to think about with that situation you know you guys hunted giant bears the whole time and i my hat's off to you guys for that for that trip because i remember like my mindset is like i want to see bears and then you guys were like i want to kill a big bear i'm here to kill a big bear color face bear would be a bonus point um but Austin, I mean, this is where you pick up the rest of your story. Yeah, like I said, we uh, I spent all week chasing that one big one, four four days out of the hunt. Uh, just couldn't get close to him. Never even got to see him. I got to see one little cub. He come scooting by me on that north bait. Uh, I think it was day two or three. That's the only bear that I saw. But like I said, I wasn't discouraged. I mean, you could see every time I go in there, you could see different paw prints on the bait on the barrel. Mm -hmm. The sticks were rearranged. I mean, I knew that that big bear was hitting that bait almost every day. And I just just couldn't hook up with him. Yeah, I just felt the whole time like these guys, 
they're they're di- you guys were, were dialing in like we're you know every night we'd have the discussion of figuring something else yeah. out. I spent four days hunting that bear and I was excited the whole time. Like oh, yeah, it was yeah. just fun. I knew he was in the area, so that makes it a lot better. It's better than just sitting on a bait. It's like, well, maybe there's going to be one show up. Like I knew that bear was yeah. right in there. Yeah. But anyways, so we made the decision on day number five, last day of the hunt. I'm going to go back in and go to this this bait where Ross had been. Um, like I said, missed the drainage. Had to truck up and over the mountain into the next drainage. Time I got in there, I was too tired to hang, to tear the stand down and rehang it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to hunt this stand how it is. And it's up, I don't know what was it, 16, 17 foot up probably. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, maybe. But the bait, <laughs> it was so so the bait is on the mountain. Higher. Oh. It, I'm guessing, I don't know, 15 it was probably, foot. It was probably 14 and a half feet. Okay. <laughs> Somewhere in there, it <laughs> felt if you were you were really really close to the bait to the bait barrel. The bad thing was the bait was close. It was like seven yards. I ranged it at like seven yards from the tree, and plus it's on the mountainside, so it's up up even more. You know, so it's probably only eight to ten foot. You know, yeah. below me. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, well, shit. I'm I'm just gassed. I'm just gonna sit here because there was some cover. It was up in a pine tree. I'm like, I can get away with drawing here if I have to. Well, I sat and it was. It was getting, uh, I'd sat there probably an hour and a half, two hours, and I saw the blonde bear that you had saw the night before. My, it was funny because my guide was actually watching me. He's like, how in the hell did you pick me out? I'm like, I don't know. I saw you move your hat. He's like, that's the only time I moved all night. He's 300 yards <laughs> south of me, up, up on up the ridgeline watching me. He thought he was going to be sneaky and sneak up on the ridgeline and watch me. Well, I seen him move his hat, so I'm like, I got you. I can see. I can <laughs> and see he waved at you. I waved at him, and he's like, okay, well, I guess he's got <laughs> I guess he's waving. <laughs> Nobody gets past Lord Chandler. <laughs> he's not waving at a bear. <laughs> he's yeah. like a hawk. But it was funny because that blonde bear went like right in between both of us in that low spot. So, and he just turned around and walked back. He never knew we were there, but nice. That bear never committed to the bait, never came in close, but beautiful little blonde bear. Okay. So so probably the same one that I seen full coat. Yep. Yeah. Not a real big bear, but really pretty. First blonde I've ever got to see. So that was, oh, no kidding. Yep. So it was probably an hour later. Here come a black one and he come in perfect come into the bait and i'm sitting there looking at him he's seven yards and i watched him for five to ten minutes and i'm just sitting there watching him i'm like he's quartering away at seven yards like i could shoot this thing you're with my seven eyes yards away from a live bear yep his head's in the like he's pulling sticks out he doesn't even know i'm there i'm like i could shoot this fucking thing with my eyes closed <laughs> i'm like it's day number five i've got like an hour left you know do i want to go home with a bear or not and then i just kept thinking about that trail camera picture i'm like man i know there's a good one in here but is it worth you know waiting on it i got like an hour left Ooh, that's tempting boy I, and i i finally made a decision i'm like fuck it he looks good so i get ready to draw and right when i lift the bow up to draw he just happened to like turn and look and he caught the bear caught me when i was starting to pick the bow up to draw I just went ahead and pulled through it, so I get back, and I'm looking at him, and right when I was getting ready to put my thumb on the release, it blew out and was doing the wolfing thing, like, mm-hmm. and he got up about 50 yards on the hill, and it was just wolfing at me for, like, five minutes. I'm like, fuck, every bear in the area is going to be on the alert now. Like, yeah. nothing's going to come in. It wasn't 30 minutes later. I looked down to my right, and I could see him coming from about 300 yards, just weaving through the trees and it i could tell it was big like it it just looked wide and low to the ground so i knew it was a good bear 
And as it got closer, I was expecting it to be a big black one from the pictures that we had looked at. A big bear had hit it the day before. We, we thought, thought it was we thought black. It was black. Right. Well, the it was, infrared flash was yeah. Yeah. hard to tell. It was a real dark chocolate. Just a beautiful bear. It had like a almost like a blondish strip across the top of his back, but the rest of him was just real dark chocolate. Yeah. And like I said, I'm guessing 300, maybe more. Um, the kind of bear you want to shoot. Pope and young bear. I just shot that bear on the first day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. This is the last half hour of the hunt. I got like 20 minutes, 30 minutes left. And it's real thick behind me. And I lost him for about 100 yards. And I'm, I'm just kind of anticipating the way that the other bear had come in. And I look back and he's 20 yards. I could see his head kind of weaving through the shit. And I just let him come. And he come. And he walked right up under me i've got my tacticam going so i'm kind of pointing it down towards him he's probably when he gets up to me he's probably at the closest point maybe four to five feet from the bottom of my tree to the bear Mm -hmm. so he's if the tree is 15 feet up i'm within 18 feet of this bear and he's he's too close for comfort and i knew is that last 20 or 30 minutes the thermals were going to be falling i'm like this fucking thing's going to get me like yeah. Yeah, i'm going to blow this in the last 20 minutes of the hunt so i made the rookie mistake i got impatient he went to go like he was going to move up to walk through this deadfall up into the bait and i used that to my advantage when he started crunching i drew my bow back and he never knew i was drew i got drew back and i looked down and like I said, 14 feet, I mean, all I could see is hair. He was too close. Well, I when I squeezed the shot off, he was, I think his left leg was further uh, back, back than yeah. what I thought. And I, I think I shouldered him. I think I hit him right in the top of the shoulder blade. Shooting him on his left side. He was, yeah, on his <clears throat> left side. And we reviewed the Tacticam footage, and I could tell as soon as I shot, there's maybe four inches of penetration, mm-hmm. three or four inches of penetration. Yeah. So he took off. I could see the Luminoc bust out of him after about 20 yards of running. He ran down in the bottom, stood there for maybe, I don't know, five seconds, ten seconds, and then just took off like a bat out of hell. I'm like, well, that's not good if he stood yeah. there like that and then took off again and never heard a death moan or anything. Right. Uh, we made the effort. We went back in the next morning looking for with him. With guns. With, I had my sidearm on me just in case shit got western, but... We Which it easily could have. Yeah, we weren't lucky enough to run into him. He was. I'm pretty sure that bear was probably just fine. But absolutely, it was. It was tough for me. I'm. I'm usually really good under pressure. Um, it'd been since 2015 since I'd messed up a shot on anything. So it'd been five years. Um, but it happens. I mean, that's just bow hunting. If you yeah. do, it, if you do it long enough, you're going to get caught up in a scenario like that where you make a poor decision. And yeah. if I would have waited. And that bear wouldn't have caught my thermals. He'd have been seven yards. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I was just concerned because I'm like, well, if that little bear caught me drawn at, on him in the bait, this big one's going to catch me. But yeah. I'm guessing odds probably would have been in my favor to let that bear get up and get broadside. And if I'm going to take away one thing from this, it's and I was preaching this to you, Kurt, on the way out, bear hunting is one of those things that's not like a whitetail. You don't want to – you just want to be patient, let that bear get into the bait, let mm-hmm. him get broadside or quartering away. I mean, I took a straight-down shot on that bear. Chances are if I would have made the shot, it would have been one long and probably would have killed him fine, but it's not an ideal shot to take. So No, but it was a 12-ring on a whitetail. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I would have taken that. I've, I've taken that shot on a whitetail straight down. It's no fun, but you can still do it. And where yeah. you hit that bear. Yeah. That's how I killed my first buck was directly under me. And so, yeah. I, I mean, I've had luck with that shot before, but I'm just, I'm not as familiar with bear anatomy as I am whitetail. So maybe their shoulder blades are set a little different, but for yep. whatever reason, well, I, they gotta be thicker, right? They're bears. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, maybe I'm wrong, but well, when we were caping your bear out, Kurt, I mean, that was pretty intense seeing all the muscles and and their stone structure and how they stout it it, it was wild and and my you know austin i dude i felt for you really bad um when you came back to camp like i know what it's like to be you know you come back to camp when something like that happens you just don't feel good about a shot and uh i know that feeling man i could just tell where you the mindset you were in and that's like the lowest mindset you can be on as a bow hunter so you feel bad i felt bad for the guide like i'm a guide so when somebody wounds a deer on my piece it's kind of a crappy feeling for the guide you know you want and plus it's just more recognition you know better reputation for them the more animals they can get under their belt the better it makes them look and you feel bad for them you feel bad for the animal you feel your heart on yourself because you want to be as efficient and ethical as possible right um but i you know and and when i talk about on the podcast a lot or you know we we bring this topic up the you know you got guys online social media is like the devil right but you got the two-year three-year guys that are the experts in forums and shit and the guys that have been hunting 15 20 25 30 35 years you know, which we all have a lot of experience added up. You chuckle at dudes like that because they haven't done it enough to have these types of experiences, whether it be like if you only hunted whitetails, these experiences happen. If you haven't had that happen, you just haven't done it long right, enough. Right, yeah, you do it long enough, you're going to you're gonna taste defeat at one point or another. It's just up and oh, down. Yeah. That's also the beautiful thing about bow hunting. Um, when it's good, it's great. Yep. Sometimes you get surprised, but when it sucks, it sucks, yep. man, and you beat yourself up. It's like you... It's not that you didn't feel bad about that. You can't. You were kind of. You were beating yourself up, man. Oh, I was. I knew it was a hundred percent my fault. That's what was frustrating. Like I couldn't blame it on anybody other than myself, and just the caliber of the bear, the color of the bear, the being the last twenty minutes. I mean, the story, the tech, yeah. everything was on Tacticam. Like all the pieces of all, and I've I've said this to you before, Kurt. I believe that the Lord works in mysterious ways, but yeah. everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and I'm. After that experience, I found myself being really frustrated with just my shot in general. Like, target panic and punching the trigger has been a big problem of mine, and I've just been getting gradually more and more frustrated with that. And that that, uh, experience out there just kind of compounded it. So I'm thinking maybe the Lord did that for a reason. So I picked up the old struggle stick when I got back, and I've I've been having a lot of fun with that. So... I think and that he's might shooting be the, really good. That might be the direction I go this fall. So maybe that's the reason that happened. Maybe I screwed up on that bear to get that old trad bow in my hands. But, could be, yeah. man. It could that could be like your new calling almost. You yeah. know, I'm having a blast with it. I I haven't touched my compound since the shoot. So that's cool, man. Yeah. It, it's with that experience. You know, I felt for you. I think everybody else. Felt, we we know what you're going through. Like we've all been there, yep. especially like be out in Wyoming. And I that bear was way bigger than mine. I think yeah, personally, I don't when know. you say three three fifty, I don't think so. Yeah, I think way bigger. He was good. He was big enough. I know that. We guessed <laughs> mine, like Clint and Devin. When we picked my bear up. We guessed three three fifty in my bear, and that bear was bigger than my bear. Yep, I think he was a stud. But the good thing about it is, I mean, when you slam into that shoulder bone, On that anything. shoulder blade, I mean, it didn't hurt him one. I mean, and, what uh, he had a little 
sore for a little while but i mean it didn't yeah i never found blood like i found one little drop where the arrow had come out of him and that was it i mean i don't yeah, yeah. it's possible that it could have finished him off got infected or whatever but i think the chances are yeah pretty safe to say that bear is probably running around right now yeah. i've had the same thing happen on a white tail <coughs> sorry sorry danny uh oh, you're good. i had the same thing happen on a white tail and the taxidermist caped that deer out the following year with my broadhead in his shoulder and he dug it out and that deer I was huge. I filmed you shoot that deer. Yeah. Austin <laughs> filmed me shoot that deer. And he went from mid-50s to 183 in one year. That's nuts. And oh, crap. He was a huge, yeah. huge deer. Maybe it happens for a reason. Maybe somebody listening to this podcast will go out there and crack him next year and find a little a little uh, broadhead in a shoulder blade or something. Well, very <laughs> well right. could happen, man. Very well could happen. I want the shoulder blade if anybody does that. <laughs> that's, that's a fair request. Go ahead, Danny. Sorry, man. We kind of got into our stories here and boxed you out. Oh, no, I'm talking. I'm just saying, uh, has anybody checked in with Trey and see if he got it on camera? I've talked to Trey a few, well, quite a few times since that hunt, and he hadn't mentioned nothing. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he hadn't brought it up or whatever, but I'll touch base with him on it and see um, what he has to say, or if he's got trail cam pictures of him coming back. I or talked something. to my guy Jeff for a couple weeks after that, and nobody had seen that bear again. But to add a little salt to the wound, he did say that that big bear I was after was in that bait like the day after we left. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the big bear that I chased all week. So he was still he knew. Around. We'll we'll have to name that bear the Lord. <laughs> Next time we stay for 10 <laughs> the days. Devil, the devil's more like it. Yeah, the devil. <laughs> Satan himself. No, it was, like Ross said, we got our money's worth in that trip. I mean, it was an experience of a lifetime. You hear a lot of people say that, but if you've been bear hunting before and you, you're looking for something a little different, I mean, it was unreal. The scenery, just, to, I've, all, I've hunted the mountains before, but it's always been in the fall. It was really cool to see it in the springtime. Um the, there was a lot of animals there. The I mean, obviously our experiences kind of attest to the outfitter. He's got a lot of bears out there. Yeah. Um, the the food was great. That dessert was bomb. We got oh, the recipe boy. for that real simple dessert. We brought a recipe oh, home. Well, I already made it once, and it was well, really my good. wife made it. I didn't fucking make anything. And it yeah. was really cool to see just sitting in the stand waiting on a bear and a velvet elk come underneath you. I and filmed. Austin had a nice, I mean, a yeah. big one. The, I'm, that was what I was most excited about. Like, I've, I've elk hunted Utah before, and it's great, but I have never seen the amount of shit and sign anywhere that I saw out there in Wyoming. I mean, very elk shit everywhere. Elk rich, for yep. sure. Lots mm-hmm. of lots of elk. I had a I had a big velvet bull at 15 yards, two different. Well, he was 80 yards the first night, and then 15 yards with two other bulls the second night, right under me. I mean, it was. And that's quite, the thing; the these guys do elk and mule deer yep. and mountain lion. I think so mule they deer, covered all. mule deer wise, that area is extremely good for Wyoming. Like that unit yeah. is pretty famous. And if you guys want to do a hunt like that, if you're interested, and in, maybe in a couple of years you want to do a mule deer hunt out there or an elk hunt, I think uh, in don't quote me on this, but I was talking to one of the other guides. And he's like, yeah, I think Trey went like 100% opportunity rate, like 93 or 95, something in there, like success rate. I don't know how that works, but that's what they calculated it as. But, you know, big elk, lots of mule deer, mountain lion. Uh, Tank and I are talking about doing a mountain lion hunt out there next winter. That'd be legit. That's a, that's We're talking about it. 
But even the even the kills on the elk, like there was quite a few videos I got to see, and they were they are not just elk. Like these are some big dog elk. Trey, if I remember correctly, because I remember being like shocked by it, I was like, "Hey, how many elk you guys get on last year?" He's like, "Oh, 50. I'm like, "Hold on, hold on, fifty? Like 50, yeah. 50 bulls? Yeah, yeah. He, he oh, runs yeah. he runs two camps. He's got his north camp is where the really really big bulls are at. I mean, he sees. I'm not. I don't want to say this because I might be wrong, but the bulls I were looking at were three seventy, three eighty plus. Yeah, big, big big bulls. Yep. Uh, the area we were in, he was talking like three hundred, three twenties. Not a. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Like there's a yeah. lot of bulls like that that run around, and that is a good archery. Well, bull. that bull that you saw is probably over three hundred. I wasn't think he? that bull would have broke three hundred time he got done growing. He was he had really good fronts on his him fronts were huge. Yep. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Dude. And he filmed he filmed it. Chance, one of the listeners that booked the hunt with us, he killed a bear too. Um, he he rifle hunted out there with us, which is an option. So if you're thinking about doing this, you can bring a rifle if you want. Like mm-hmm. you can do that. He shot a bear a day or two after Danny killed his. And while he was in camp, he went and he's like, dude, I'm booking a mule deer hunt. And he booked a mule deer hunt before he even left. So, oh, and he booked the bear hunt again. (laughs) So he's going to be there on the bear hunt next year with us again. So that's how impressed he, he's like, dude, fuck it. Booked a mule deer hunt. Then we're like, hey, we're doing this bear camp. He's like, I'm going again. And he's from Te- he's a Texas boy. He's like, all right, let's do it. So we'll be hanging out in camp with him again next. You, next you know time. how I wish we could close this podcast out. What's that? I wish we could tell that joke the way he told oh. it. Oh man, would that be a good way to close it? I wonder if I can call him. I've tried to tell <laughs> that joke. You should, man. He that night in camp, and he, he nailed that him. joke. I've told it a couple of times, but I just didn't have the speed and the enthusiasm that he had with it. It was yeah, that's probably the best joke I've ever heard. And you got to go fast. I you, mean, yeah, you got to have the rhythm, and yep. he he's got the rhythm for it. Yep. Well, I hope you can get him on here because I I got to hear this joke. I don't think I've heard it. You didn't get all right. Well, yeah, you weren't This there, is Danny. probably the best thing I'm, you've I'm ever. I'm texting heard. him now. We'll see. I feel bad we didn't have him in on on this whole thing, but. Man, that was he's, he's like a simple dude. He, he doesn't have social media and all that, yeah. so that's why I like wasn't familiar with his name. And he emailed in to book this hunt. He's like, "Hey, I don't do social media, whatever my my wife does. Um, I just want to come hunt with you. I like your shit." He's a pipeline welder, which is cool. Cool he's, shit. he's good about video stuff. He was he always had a GoPro going. He took oh, yeah. your Osmo and followed me up the mountain that oh, one day. Oh, he took some awesome footage. There was some going great up the footage came out of that Osmo. I'd like to see Jordan do something with some of that. Kind yeah, we're gonna have to put the squeeze on Jordan. So I texted Chance. He's honestly, he's probably still working. It sounds like that dude does nothing but work. So yeah, yep. we might not get a hold of him. Maybe uh, maybe we'll have to uh, record a clip of him doing that joke and maybe throw it in at the end of this podcast or something. That would be really funny. <laughs> We'd have to do it here quick. Um, it said delivered, so we'll see if he see if he answers. But no, that camp was incredible, man. I'm excited for next year. I'm hanging out. You guys aren't going to come next year. Oh, well, you guys are going on a moose hunt, though. Next we year. Gotta, We're going moose hunt. we got to start pinching pennies and getting so, – yep. like, I want to go out and chase mule deer around somewhere this year, but it's like, you know, I better save that money and just put it towards the granddaddy there next next September. Yeah, I'm going to save for the same thing. It's Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, mule deer would be awesome, and I've got an opportunity, but I'm going to – well, for one, I'm still in a cast, but uh, two, yeah, we just got to prep for this moose hunt. This is going to be – are you not, you're not going muley hunting this fall, then? I'm going to have to pass. Ah, dang it. Well, I mean, I say pass now. My wife says I'm passing now, but... Billy's going to call you, and he's going to talk you into I'll it. I'll probably jet out. Like, 
About the time you need your grain bin worked on, I'm just going to jet out. I'm a jet out. (laughs) I'm out. Chances and texting back, so we'll see. We'll get. He's probably sleeping. He's got to be up at five. No shit. You're probably right. That dude does nothing but work. He lives. He's kind of a fascinating guy. Lives with his old lady and his daughter in a camper, and he's got his like uh, pipeline rig, and they he just travels with the pipeline. And kind of just goes yeah. and welds, and he's always got a wad of dip in, and he's got a big draw. So he's a he's an interesting cat. He is an interesting <laughs> dude, funny guy. He we so Chance, Clint, and myself all shared the same uh, canvas wall tent, and at the middle of the night, like Chance would get up, dude. He slept after he killed his bear. He slept for like two days straight. <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm like, holy shit, are you dead? I had to nudge him, like, hey, he's still alive. Okay, cool, he's alive. <laughs> He, uh, I watched him load the fire one night in the middle of the night in a little wood burner, barehanded, just grabbing logs. I'm like, holy, how are you not burning? I'm a welder, man. I'm a pipeline welder. And I'm like, don't mean shit. well, son of a bitch. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you know, well, I'll be go to hell. I said, well, I'll be go to hell. Uh, let me see if he texted back. Come on, chance. Oh, he's texting right now. He says, boom, boom. Awesome. All I can say is the way you guys described it out there it definitely makes a guy like me want to go too. Oh man, that Snake River that is spots, crazy. Uh, and you feel like as you're driving all the way out there to Wyoming, you feel like you're you're going uphill, uphill, and then all of a sudden you're dipping down into into the, that the uh, downgrade was about ten miles, I think. It felt like it, huh? Long ways. He's texting back. He's probably sleeping, man. He's like right now. No, it was beautiful. We were what forty miles south of uh, Jackson Hole. Alpine, that's where we. Alpine. So the we we drove town. down to Alpine. So once we like we hit the teeter totter and then just started going downhill, following the Snake River down through the mountains. It's like we went downhill for like fifty miles. Yep. And weaving back and forth, right, that river's right crashing. Right on the Idaho border, we're just yeah. right next to Idaho. And we yep. got into we got into Alpine and hit the gas station and getting ready to roll up in the camp. And yeah. Man, it's just no, beautiful. If Snow anybody's caps. if anybody's kicking it back and forth, and they got questions, or they want to talk to one of us personally that's been on the hunt, you know, shoot us a message or yeah. find our phone number. You know, you can talk to us. It was, I'd recommend anybody that's got the time or the money in the spring to do it to Absolutely. go ahead and, to go ahead and book it and try it out. Absolutely. You you know, uh, I don't know if any of you guys watch that show Yellowstone or not, but they talk about Jackson Hole all the time. So I'm always like, when my wife and I watch, I'm like. Hey, I've been on shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta right. watch it. All right, hey, I'm gonna get Chance on real quick, Danny. We might lose you for a second. I'm gonna add him to the call. All right, let's see. He's probably gonna be like, "What's up, motherfucker?" There we go, calling him up live on air. You good, man? What's up, man? Hey, brother. Hey, you're on air right now. Hey, let me merge this call. We got Danny on the phone also. Uh, Oh, I'm merging. Hey, can you guys hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Chance, what's up, man? What's going on? Hey, dude, we're doing the last, like, follow-up of Bear Camp podcast right now, and we've all told our story, and I think this is, like, the perfect time because everybody's, like, told their side of it. And then we got to talking about you a little bit in camp, um, and want here. I, I know I just texted you randomly on air, like this is not planned for everybody listening. Um, if you want to tell your bear story, you're more than welcome. But 
Chandler is like, dude, you got to get him to tell that joke because we've talked about the joke you told in <laughs> camp. I don't know how many times since you told it. Yeah, that, that's good. That's a, it's a pretty good joke. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it takes some preparation. Y'all definitely caught me off guard here. I'm sitting in my truck. Uh, but uh, so definitely. We, well, we told everybody before we got you on. We told everybody that you're just like you're just a pipeline welder, a good old boy from Texas. Yep, working around the clock. Pretty much, pretty much. If you wanted to, like, quick, because I, I just got done talking about how you went on that bear hunt with us. You booked a mule deer hunt in camp, and you booked bear camp next year already. Yeah, I did, and I'm I'm excited to go on that mule deer hunt. It's gonna be pretty crazy yeah and you killed a bear in camp too so that was awesome yeah 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 definitely good that uh, me and danny got a bear and you up there yep for sure man well i wanted to call you i know we caught you off guard this we tried to tell this joke ever since you told it because it was kind of funny because <laughs> when you told the joke in camp you were in the middle of like celebrating your bear you and I were both celebrating. Like I was drunk off crown, having a good time. I had killed my bear. Yeah. You were, you know, you were influenced by all sorts of different things. And <laughs> you, you came up to the campfire and you're like, "You guys want to hear a joke?" And we're like, "Well, fuck yeah!" And you told a joke, and we're all like, "Where's he going with this?" And we're like, "Holy shit!" So we had talked about this joke. I don't know how many times since that camp. And so I'm putting you on the spot, and I know you don't have a warm up. <laughs> But I figured it'd be worth seeing if you could pull it off smoothly for the podcast. Man, I do it for working class bow hunter, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ross, well, Ross ran to the bathroom, so let's let's stall for a second because I wanted to be here for okay, it. Okay, we'll can... we'll wait for Ross. How you been, man? Good, good. Uh, got a little time off work. Just got new strings on my bow, shooting every day, hanging out. Cool, man. Not doing much. <laughs> Other than that, welding it up, huh? Hey, chance when, when, hey, chance when you go out there after the muleys, are you going with a gun or are you going with your bow? It'll be a gun hunt. That's the only thing he had available, and I, I just really wanted to go back to that place and check it out. And from what it sounds, that's going to be a crazy hunt right there. Yeah, I don't blame you a bit. I like I was talking with Kurt earlier. It sounds like that area is uh, really, really good for muleys. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be crazy. Just me and me and Trey, the guide, four horses and five days chasing deer. Damn. That'll be awesome. So, yeah, if you get one on one with Trey, for a good one. Yeah, one on one with Trey, I think you're gonna have some good luck. Oh, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, awesome. And guy. him saying there's more grizzly bears than uh, than there is deer out there. <laughs> that's that's scary. That yeah. must that must so, be at his north camp then. It's uh, Region L is where I drew my tag for. Very cool. Well, Ross is back. Do you think you can get this joke uh, in one run? Man, I hope I can. Uh, I really hope I can. You can do her. Don't it, worry about it's it. It's kind of like a four or five beer joke, you know what I mean? But uh, I'll give it to you. All right. Um, it's a story about a fly. There's a fly flying six inches over the river. There's a fish watching the fly. Fish says that fly drops six inches. I'm gonna jump up there and I'm gonna get that fly. There's a bear watching the fish, watching the fly. 
Bear says that fly drops six inches. That fish gonna get that fly. I'm gonna reach out there. and I'm gonna hand me that fish. Well, there's a hunter watching the bear, watching the fish, watching the fly. Hunter says that fly drops six inches. The fish gonna get that fly. The bear gonna get that fish. I'm gonna have me a clean shot on that bear. There's a mouse watching the hunter, watching the fish, watching the fly. Mouse says that fly drops six. Inches, fish gonna get that fly, the bear gonna get the fish, the hunter's gonna shoot the bear. I'm running over there, I'm gonna get that hunter's lunch. Well, there's a cat watching the mouse, watching the fish, or watching the bear, watching the hunter. Watching the hunter. Damn it. Keep going, <laughs> you're doing so good. Roll it, do. roll it, keep rolling, keep rolling. There's a cat watching the mouse, watching the hunter, watching the bear, watching the fish, watching the fly. The cat says that fly dropped six inches, that fish gonna get the fly, the bear gonna get the fish, the hunter's gonna shoot the bear. The mouse is going to run over for that lunch. I'm going to reach over there, and I'm going to hand me that mouse. Well, sure enough, fly dropped six inches. Fish got the fly. Bear got the fish. Hunter missed the bear. Mouse ran for the lunch. Cat slipped, fell in the river. Well, the moral of that long out, really hard story to tell is that if my little fly dropped six inches, that pussy gonna get wet. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Boom. Worth it. We apologize it's to any female like listeners that. that might take offense to that, <laughs> but it's true, it you know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude. Hey, I. Th- you, but, uh, you mess it up a little bit, but everybody understands. Like, it, it's you a tough get it, one. man. It's the pussy's gonna it's get hard wet. To tell. It's, it's definitely a time and a place for it, and uh, I don't know if. This parking lot in my truck was a good time and place for it, but I think we did it. Well, when you're drunk, you when you're drunk and you hear somebody tell that, it's so impressive because you can't process it in your mind, and you told it with a rhythm and speed, <laughs> and it just makes it, it it makes it impressive. But that's that's probably my all time favorite joke. Well, in camp, chance when you told that joke, you were you were two sheets to the wind. You were you were in a good spirit and you never were, missed a beat. Never missed a beat the whole time, and we're listening yeah, to you like, I, what the hell man. is he talking about? I told that joke to y'all and on a boat full of my buddies for his bachelor party a couple years ago, and I've never really told it for a group of people like that. And uh, it, you definitely got to be like, I prepared for it for like a week for the bear hunt to tell y'all that joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, you nailed it, buddy. <laughs> that is awesome, but, man. That was a good well, time. Well, thank you for doing that last second. I just We literally thought of it. I'm like, let's call him. Yeah, I literally parked here. I looked down at my phone, and I was like, right now? And you were like, yeah. I was like, shit, okay. <laughs> cool. That's awesome, man. Well, we're uh, we're to the end of this podcast. I figured that would be a cool thing to close with. Um, I'm excited to share camp with you next year, man. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, it'll be a good time. Well, let, let's do this. Let, let's close out with Danny. Danny, do you have any parting words? Yeah, uh, if – if you get the opportunity, don't pass it up because you won't regret it. That's right. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, Danny, for coming out. Thank, first of all, thank you for being a listener of our show. Thank you for believing in us enough to book a camp with us. That says a lot right there, so we do appreciate you doing that. Well, you guys are awesome, man. Keep on doing what you're doing now. So. Good meeting you, Danny. Appreciate it, buddy. Good hanging out yep, with you. Good you guys. Chance, I know you hopped on. You told your kick-ass joke, which you killed it, I think, by the way. Um, anything you want to <laughs> say about camp? And I, I'm just looking forward to hanging out with you again, man. I mean, that was a 
that was an unreal experience that, I mean, if you want to go out there and you're on the fence, just do it because I don't think we regretted anything that it took. Y'all didn't regret that drive out there once you got done with it. So Not at all. Not at all, man. It's, it's definitely uh, something to do, something to get into. For sure. Good people, sure. good friends, too. So, cool. Well, thanks, yeah. Chance. And I'm already... I, I went there as, I'm going to shoot a bear, and then I'm not really going to shoot any more bear, you know? Like, But now I'm like, okay, I'm going back, and I'm shooting a big-ass bear. Like, that's <laughs> how I'm thinking about it all the time. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Kick-ass, guys man. are great. Hell yeah, for sure. But, yeah, well, thanks for having me on, man. This was cool. <laughs> well, thank you, man. Austin, you got anything to close with? I was just wanting to let the boys know it was a pleasure meeting all you guys. Um, hope we can share camp again sometime. It was a great experience. Uh, bittersweet ending for me, but when I look back on the hunt, I don't have bad feelings. I, I look at all the positives that came out of it and just everybody we met, and the whole experience was very, very cool. Yes. Yeah. Always yeah. learning. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you what, man, that, that that was a good time meeting you guys, hanging out with you all week. Uh, the whole experience in itself, like I'd do it over and over again. It was, yeah, like Austin said, we'd you know you you bring all the positives out of it. it that way outweighed the, you know, any any negatives at all. So that was that was a blast. I'd do it again in a heartbeat, and uh, we will at some point. Yeah, for sure. So cool. We'll have to get you guys up coming up to the shoot this next year and come hang out with us oh well fuck oh, we'll yeah. see we'll see chance and bear camp but danny both of you guys should come up to the shoot next year and and come hang out and be a part of the club we're gonna have some vi we're gonna have a vip after party i'll make pass oh, everything make it all legit oh it's gonna be fun we'll, we'll pick <laughs> we'll pick people up at the airport in a limo that's yes, right we have one we have Damn. a working class limo so we're next level you know tonight we ride tonight <laughs> we ride we ride at dawn bitches <laughs> that's right well cool well thank you guys i appreciate appreciate you guys danny chance you guys are kick-ass um austin ross appreciate you guys thank you sir for coming and sitting on the podcast hey, thank you guys for having me i know you feel kind of you know like you're fourth wheeling a little bit oh, but hey, it was fun though so all right, that sums up our 2020 Bear Camp chapters. We figured this is a good time to throw it in before we all dial in on whitetail-focused podcasts. Those are coming down the line. We are scheduled into season right now, and we have some fucking kick-ass podcasts on the way. We hope you enjoyed this one. It's a tough one to follow up, Mark Jury. But, hey, it is what it is. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.